Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I'm really excited what God's going to do in this place this morning. I have been looking forward to this particular fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is... I'm going to skip love because we've already talked about that, so you have to go back to that one. But this morning, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. How amazing is joy? And if you don't know what I'm talking about or you don't have any of it, I believe that this morning's message will give you insight on how you can get a hold of joy. It's amazing how when circumstances are really good, we tend to be happy. And happiness is really based upon uh, the circumstances blessing us. But there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness isn't when the circumstances are in my favor. Uh, uh, Happiness is, rather, when the circumstances are in my favor. But joy is when the circumstances might not be in my favor, but the blessing of God, the favor of God, gets into my circumstance. It gets into my life. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, I, I think if happiness were a fruit of the Spirit, or a fruit rather, that it would be a banana. You know, why would happiness be a banana? Did you ever buy a bunch of green bananas, green kind of yellow bananas? You think, oh, this is good. This is going to last a long time. And you blink twice, and it's like the green yellow banana now is black. And nobody wants to eat it. So you do what I do. You take, unpeel it, throw the peels away, put it in plastic and freeze it, and you can use it for smoothies down the road. But happiness is like that. Happiness is like a visitor that comes to visit when the circumstances are good, and you think, oh, come on in, man. Like, welcome. I'm so excited now because I'm happy. But the visitor doesn't stay. Have you ever noticed that happiness doesn't stay long in life? Eventually, happy goes. Happy comes, and happy goes. Bye, happy. I'll see you again when things are going really well. The fruit of the Spirit's not happy, not happiness. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. We're going to unpack that this morning, and I believe that you'll get some really good insight this morning on how you can become a joyful person, and fruit of the fruit of the Spirit called joy will be on your vine. I had a, an aunt that raised me uh, for a good stretch of my childhood. Um, poor old me, but anyway, Dad couldn't hold the marriage down in the beginning. And uh, so my brother and I ended up in foster care, and then went from foster care, and my Aunt Olga and Uncle Tim very uh, blue-collar couple in the neighborhood near the Ford factory there. Uh, and they took over and raised my brother and myself until we were pretty well, you know, almost in our teen years. And uh, one thing about my Aunt Olga, and you can guess by the name Olga, uh, her mother was from Hungary, they're from the old country, and they knew how to cook. My aunt could cook. Boy, she could cook. <laughs> And, you know, I was a pudgy little fat kid <laughs> growing up there. It was amazing. And I just loved my aunt's cooking. 
And one of the things that my aunt used to do, and I think it probably comes from the old country, and maybe you do this, I don't know, but she would bottle fruit or can it. I don't know what the proper term is, but they would use these glass jars with the word ball, B-A-L-L, on it. I don't know if they have those here in Australia or not, but it was a whole process of whatever fruit was in season. We had an apricot tree in the backyard, and there were peaches, and there were all kinds of, uh, of fruit. And my aunt would go out when the fruit was ripe, when the fruit was in season, and she would bottle all of that fruit. So we always had fruit, no matter what the season. There was always fruit in our house. And it was amazing because that fruit would last well over a year. I, I think several years, to be honest, because I'd come back there and visit, and I'd be you know, later in life. And it's like, that cellar with the fruit, is it still down in the basement? Go down there and look, and there's all that fruit with the date that it was, was canned or bottled. And it's like, we did that. It's still there. Is it any good? Some of it was. I don't know how long fruit like that lasts for, but it lasted quite a long time. Imagine if you could bottle joy. I mean, what would that be worth? <laughs> Go down to the local store, would you please, and pick me up a loaf of bread and some milk. And while you're at it, can you get some joy? Bring it back? Imagine if you could bottle something like joy or really any of the fruit of the Spirit how, how good would life be? But isn't it something that God doesn't allow, to, allow us to bottle things or to hoard things up? You might remember the manna uh, in the ark. They, you know, it's the only place where the manna actually <laughs> was preserved. Everything else, the next day the manna comes down. Next day it's all rotten. Don't eat it. And, and, and God has something better than just bottled fruit. God has something better than bottled joy. In fact, we could say that joy is on tap. You could go down and get a bottle of a drink, but you could also, some of you guys know what I'm talking about too much. You're, you've got really big arms from, you know. You, 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 can, you, can have, you can have this on tap. In fact, I've called this message this morning, Joy on Demand. <laughs> you think, well... That's a bit, that's a bit much on demand. Joy <laughs> on demand. Now, I did kind of float around the title of this message, and I had, uh, originally I had uh, joy for every season. And then I thought, eh, that's, that's pretty good. But the more I got into this, the more we get into this this morning, you'll see that this is not a flowery, let's beat around the bush thing. Joy on demand means exactly that on demand, when you want it, anytime, anywhere. Sounds too good to be true, Pastor Ed. Well, hold on, it's not. And I believe that God wants to take the fruit, if that fruit in your life is based on circumstances and so happy leaves and circumstances go south again and the fruit comes out as lemons and you go, you know, because your circumstances are, are bad. And maybe you're here this morning and, or watching online and, and you're, you're just crunching up because of the weight of what's going on in the world, your personal finances, your Whatever it is that's going on, that's the circumstances or your situation isn't lining up, don't grow lemons. Get some fruit called joy on your vine because it's not based. That's the good news. It's not based on your circumstances. 
So we're going to go and we're going to look at a, a few scriptures, but I'm so excited about this morning because good things happen, and, 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 but bad things also happen, and God wants to ble- put his blessing on both. In fact, I'll say this, that it's not just in the problems that we need joy. It's also in prosperity. Do you know you can have more problems when you're prosperous than you, than you did when you weren't prosperous? I don't know. Maybe you're incredibly prosperous. You might be filthy rich. I really don't know. But you know if you are, you probably got a whole different set of problems and you still need joy. And, it's, and, and God wants us to have joy on, on demand. So I want to, um, how does joy come? John 15 I want us to go and look at, we're going to look at a, a few really key scriptures this morning because I want you to see out of God's word that this is true and this is for you. John 15, we're going to read 4 to 7 and verse 11. And I want you to count with me. I counted seven, but you can, you can do a count. Maybe you'll get a different number than what I got. But I want you to count the number of times that Jesus, who's speaking here, uses the word abide. Uh, NIV translation, New International Version, uses the word remain. Remain. Abide in me, that's one. (laughs) And I in you. As the branch, and that's us, we are the branches, he's the vine. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. In other words, we're talking about the fruit of joy this morning. You cannot bear this fruit by yourself. There's somebody else that has to be involved in this. And again, we're not talking about happiness, which is good, but happiness, like I said, is a visitor that will leave very quickly. You cannot bear fruit of itself unless it, come on, say it with me, abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not Come on, I'm waiting for it. Abide in me. He is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them up and they throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire. Well, this morning I'm desiring, I'm asking for joy to be in the house. I'm asking for God to Start something here that will continue outside of this meeting or wherever you're watching or listening. I'm asking for joy this morning. And and he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Joy! And it shall be done for you. Verse 11, listen to this. This This just got all over me. These things... This is Jesus speaking. You've got to remember this. Jesus, these things I have spoken to you. Why, Jesus? Why would you speak that to me? That my joy may remain or abide in you, 
that your joy may be full. Did you just hear what I just read? These things. Abide, 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 abide in me. Let my word abide in you. Abide in me, I'll abide in you. These things Jesus says, I have spoken to you. Why, Jesus? So that his joy, how, how big is the joy of the Lord? My goodness. His joy would be in you. That is a great promise I can't think of a better promise that my joy may remain or abide in you. Your joy may be oh, that's just a little trickle or kind of happy moments or something like that. That your joy may be full. How full does full have to be to be full? It has to be overflowing. If you can put more in, it ain't full. People often talk about being filled with the Spirit, you know, and other manifestations, speaking in tongues, etc., etc. It, it's filled. If you're full of something, it's overflowing. So in other words, you're prophesying, you're speaking in tongues, you're doing something, you got singing going on, you got, you got a smile on your face. I, I believe that if heaven had a trademark, you know, Nike's got a trademark, got the tick going on, Mercedes kind of got the peace sign upside down going on, you know. There's a lot of trademarks around, isn't there? I, I believe if, if heaven had a trademark, it'd be a smile. It would be joy. You can't bottle it. It's on tap. But if you got it, you know that you got it, and other people know that you got it because it's coming out because your joy is full. And your joy isn't your joy. It's the Lord's joy. Remember, this is the fruit of what? The Spirit, the Spirit of God flowing out through the vine goes into you, you dry branch, so that you can have joy coming out in abundance, uh, a fruit of joy in abundance so that the trademark of heaven can pop on your face and you, can, you can't help yourself but to smile. So that just sounds like, well, that just sounds amazing. It is. In fact, I got it now, to be honest. <laughs> People say, why did you give up drinking? Because I don't need it. I'm, I'm already way over. I'm way past the point of no return. <laughs> I've been to parties where everybody's trying to get something I already got. Way better. But I don't have to worry about driving. There's no hangover at the end of it. I can drive home. I can get pulled over. In fact, I did get pulled over. We had uh, one of our camps, Anzac, I think it was, out of Ron Suki's place. <laughs> and I left there. And, you know, I'm, I'm like just, whew, what a great meeting for all of our youth were out there. It was an amazing time out at their, their old ranch. And, and I got pulled over on the way home. Dale on the car there, police officer rolled down the window, looks in there. I got the trademark. <laughs> hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know that he breath tested us, but if he would have, would, the breath test would have come up zero, but the joy was off the, off the scale. So how do you get this? How, how do you get joy? Hang out. Hang out. In other words, my, my word for abide or remain. Hang out with him. 
I think seven times it said abide. I'll just say, hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out. I lost count, but seven times, hang out with him. Joy comes when you take pleasure in his presence. You're hanging out with God. So many times we hang out with people before God. Nothing wrong with that. We got dinner parties. Got a meeting right now. We're hanging out. Some of you hang out with people that are never going to solve your problem. They don't have any answer. But I like them because they jump in my pity party with me. But until your circumstances change, you're not not only not going to have joy, you're not even going to be happy. Wouldn't you rather hang out with someone that actually has a solution to the problem? that knows you inside and out. No, he's not going to jump in the pity party with you, but he'll reach down into that pit and he will pull you out of that and he'll put you on a place where you have something better than happy, which comes with circumstance. You'll have the joy of the Lord way better than that. I've been in meetings and I'm talking about big meetings. So big that it was me and God in the living room. Biggest meeting I've ever had. Meeting with God. The creator of the universe. In my living room. To where I think, man, God, if this gets any bigger, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst. How, how, could, how could we forsake, ignore, whatever the word is, such a great salvation. See, I'm not waiting for heaven to get joy. I've read the Lord's Prayer. I pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven. Do you think when you get to heaven, it's going to be a bunch of lemon trees and a bunch of people walking around, bring out the dead, bring out the dead. The angels are, you know, reaping another harvest of zombies or something like that. Wouldn't you be disappointed if you went to heaven and it was just a whole bunch of a big downer? I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be, wow, well, why not have, wow, right now? Why not have it on demand? You can. I guess the why not is why not. What's stopping you? <laughs> well, nothing's stopping, nothing. If you want to hang out, if you want joy, hang out with God. It's just that simple. Heaven's trademark will come all over your face. You'll wear it. You'll put a smile on your face. You'll be transported to a piece of heaven here on earth. But here's how joy doesn't happen. The worst way to get joy is to focus on getting joy. (laughs) I've got to to somehow, I've got to focus on joy, joy. You're never going to get joy that way. I know from running, you know, distance running, if you're focused on getting your second win, they call it, you know, where you're struggling, like, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, second win kicks in. I can talk and run now. 
I'm not, I'm not gasping for every breath. Something called the second wind kicks in. It's amazing. If you don't get it, it's really, really hard. But once you get that second wind, it's like running becomes absolutely a, a, a amazing fun. It's a beautiful experience. But you're not focused on the second wind. You're focused on running. You have to run through these different points. You have to run through different plateaus in order to catch that. And then the second, second wind and, and other things that kick in and, and cause you to be able to run. There's a triathlon on the coast uh, this morning. I saw these people cycling off the freeway and there's running, there's swimming involved in that as well. They all know the importance, but you've got, they've got to focus uh, on the prize, on the finish line. They can't focus on the second wind. You can't focus on joy to get joy. The focus of joy has to be Jesus. You focus on him, and not problems, and not people, and all the other things. Focus on the presence of God, and you'll get joy every single time. It's something that you can't create on your own. Jesus said that. You can do nothing without me. You can't make it happen. You're in a relationship with him. Joy comes then. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse uh, 2 and 3. Listen to this. The writer of Hebrews says this. He says, fixing our eyes. Oh, fixing, a fixation, an intense focus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's not talking about your physical eye here, but the eye of your mind and the eye of faith, the eye of your imagination. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. How, how did he do that? He, he put his eyes on the, on the joy that was set before him, which is you and I, because, because he had purpose, and the purpose comes with the person. So when you fix your eyes on Jesus, he shows you what your purpose is, and joy starts to come in, regardless of the circumstance. I cannot think of anything worse than what he went through. Tortured, nailed to that cross. We've got Easter and Good Friday coming up. And uh, Good Friday, we'll talk about why is it Good Friday when all, all of that pain, it was good though for us. How did he endure it? He says, you do this. I did this for the joy set before me or him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured, endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Your joy is connected to what you have set before you, what your eyes are focusing on, what your thought life is letting in. I was at a shopping mall not that long ago, um, and I was waiting for somebody down there, got a ride down to Brisbane, and we were headed to a meeting. And all of a sudden, the alarm went off for the shopping mall, like for fire or some kind of danger. You probably heard those alarms. They're terrible. <laughs> Evacuate. <laughs> Evacuate now. <laughs> Evacuate. <laughs> Evacuate now. 
over and over and over and over again. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't want to leave the air conditioning of the shopping mall, but this thing's driving me nuts. I got to get out of here. Plus, you know, there's people running around, the fire wardens and fire, the fire department showed up and everything else. It was a false alarm. They let everybody back in again. But, uh, you know, I had to get out of there. And I think it's that way with some of our thought life. If we're not focusing on Jesus, what, what are we focusing on? In the middle of problems, <laughs> which we all have a lot, if you focus on that, then you're not focusing on him. But if you focus on him, he's going to go, <laughs> evacuate, Let, get, get, those, get that out of there, get those thoughts out of your head. You're not going to drive them out by focusing on them. Focus on him, they will flee. They'll get out of there. They will leave. The devil will leave the building. I know Elvis has left the building. Well, the devil will leave the building when you focus on Jesus. Those thoughts that have got you tormented, that you can't sleep at night, that have got you weighed down, and all the what ifs, and about people in your life, and the economy, and the interest rates, inflation, and you know, war with different countries, and etc., etc., etc. Evacuate. Evacuate now. Get them out of there. Let Jesus, let the presence of God come in and let those things go. They will flee. When you focus, they'll flee. To find joy, you have to focus on something. Comes when Joy comes when you're more aware of God than your situation. <laughs> the presence of God. Listen to James 1, 2 to 4. <sighs> Consider it. I like the old King James. Count it. Count it. Counting background, we all love that. Count it, pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, when the happy gods left, when the bananas turn black, because you know that the test of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In other words, James is saying this. He's saying, take responsibility for your problems. Quit blaming the devil. Do you know, so many Christians are blaming the devil for everything and that the devil has nothing to do with. The devil didn't cause your flat tire. You, you drove over a nail. <laughs> the devil didn't cause your radiator to overheat, you didn't put water or something in it. You knew better than that. Oh, the devil's attacking me. I think the devil's sitting back going, man, these guys are freaked out by their own shadow. All the devil does is he just seizes whatever bad stuff's going on. He just, he just goes, okay, that, that's, that's life. Life sucks, and I'm glad it does because I'm the devil. But here's some thoughts. What if, what if, what if? You're never going to get out of that. You're never going to get married. You're never, ever going to uh, pay off that mortgage. You're never, ever going to get that job. You never, you never, you never, you never. And he just harps on that. Well, what can you do about it? Do what you can, but invite Jesus in. Evacuate now with the thoughts of the devil. I, I, I think the devil's in the detail and people, the details in people's thought life. Get joy into there. Get Jesus into your thought life. What do you do? Why would you count it joy before it turns out good? You can count it because you can count on him. You can count it joy because you can count on 
Jesus. Joy is the result of focus, not feelings. Joy is where God is there. Question, where isn't God? <laughs> We're going to get to Psalms um, 16 in a, in a minute, but <laughs> joy is in the presence of God. Where's the presence of God? Where isn't God? I did some theology, and it's a big word. It's called omnipresent. It means he's everywhere. God is everywhere. That's why I said joy on demand. You're not chasing him down somewhere. He's here. He's here right now. Why don't you have joy all the time? Good question. It's because you got gad. Huh? You got gad. God awareness deficiency. That's what you got. You don't have God. You got gad. I made that up. I kind of thought it was clever. <laughs> oh, I don't want to have gad. There's a cure for gad. <laughs> Where's your joy, gad? <laughs> Where's God, gad? You got to get cured from gad. You got to get healed of gad. Gad's killing you. God's robbing you. Gad, rather, is robbing you right now. Sorry, God. Look at Genesis 28, 16. Jacob, you know, that's Jacob's ladder. Very familiar scripture, but I love this. It says, when Jacob awoke, in other words, he was sleeping. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, some of you need to wake up. Don't wake up to yourself. Wake up to God. He thought, surely the Lord is in this place. Here's Gad. I was not aware of it. Huh? People come to church all the time, and they got Gad. <laughs> it's like other people don't have Gad, I might add. They don't have God awareness deficiency. They got God. They're aware. And people come in, and it's like, mm, 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 no, I, don't, I think it's a little loud. I don't know, this is loud music, these lights. Mm, what does she wear? Oh, that's a nice outfit. Mm, must be nice. Now, what are we doing for lunch anyway? I hope this guy doesn't go on really long. I, you know, we're just going to miss the buffet or whatever it is. You know, I got things to do. Yeah, you know, the worship's going on. I think, yeah. <laughs> Finishes. What was that all about? I'll tell you what it was all about. It was a big fat waste of your time. Seriously. I wouldn't do it. I did it. But I don't do it anymore. I got rid of Gad. I started becoming aware that God is in every moment of my life if I would just wake up. Wake up, wake up, open your eyes. Call those things which be not as though they were. That's what faith does, and I believe it takes faith. That's why we count it all joy. It's like the same principle as, as faith. Calls things which be not as though they were. I am calling things into being. God responds to that because uh, Hebrews 11, 6, I think it is, it says, you know, you first have to believe it, that there is a God. How are you going to get 
God awareness if you don't even believe there's a God. It takes something called faith, and God gives you the little bit of faith at least to believe that he exists in Hebrews 11.4 and that he is, or Hebrews 11.6, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not joy, not happiness, not the gift under the Christmas tree present out of the circumstances, but seek him. Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God and his right righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now we get to Psalm 16, NIV. Then we're going to go to New King James because I just think the difference here is just amazing, the depth of the translation. It says, the psalmist says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy. Where? in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Oh, man. Wow. God's just waiting for somebody that would just believe that and not doubt it. New King James Version, probably the one that most of us know the best. You will show me the path of life in your what? Presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Jesus said that your joy may be full. I give you my joy. The psalmist says now, get in the presence of God. There is fullness of joy. See, happiness you can get anywhere. Go down to the local pub. It's available on tap. You'll get it. You'll forget about, maybe you'll forget about your problem. You have some Plenty of people to talk to sitting on the bar stool. I know I did it. <laughs> you know, the government, blah, 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 Inflation, can you believe this? Blah, 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 The problem, blah, blah, blah. I'll have another one. I'll shout you one. And then, you know, come out of there happy, I guess. Get an Uber. Go home. Wake up. Hang over. And guess what? The problem didn't go away. The problem is still there. It's not whether God is present with joy, it's whether you're present. Pleasure isn't joy, but joy brings pleasure. And the only way to get God's joy is to get God's presence. The way to lose joy is to get out of the presence of God. I see Christians, Christ followers, believers all the time. It's like you've lost your joy. And I know why. I don't even have, really, there's no question. They're, they're, they're not in the presence of God. They're in the presence of, of their problem. They're in the presence of their circumstance. They're in the presence of their situation, waiting for the situation to change. And then happy's going to come and visit again. And we're all going to be bubbly and everything else. No, friend. You don't have to live that way like a yo-yo. Cultivate the presence of God. Even in the presence of your enemy, the psalmist said in Psalm 23, I prepare a table for you. Where? In the presence of your enemy. What's that table got on it? All kinds of fruit, beautiful fruit that's not gotten black. And joy is one of those fruit on that table. Eat it in, the, in front, in the presence of whatever or whoever your enemy is. You know, we're going to close now. And I'd like the keyboard to come up, thanks. Thanks. 
If you could see where God's taking you, if you could see the outcome of letting the presence of God into your life and waking up and being aware, you would jump up out of that seat right now and start shouting and dancing and, and, and singing for joy. If you could just see where God is taking you on the path of life. I was living in a tent. I gave my money away before I came to Australia and, and gave the car away and living in a tent, taking a shower with a garden hose, for goodness sakes. Outside, underneath the building where I got saved, Mrs. Peterson was embarrassed that, you know, I asked her, can I stay underneath the building? I just got to get money to, to come to Australia. Never been here. Didn't have a, a single soul, no connections, nothing like that. And she, she was embarrassed about it. But I put the tent to keep the rats out, lived underneath that building, saved up all this money. And God woke me up and said, would you give it away? Okay. Had my last paycheck and my plane ticket bought. That was it. 300 bucks. I started getting the mully grubs about it, especially when he woke me up again because my, my contingency, I'll sell the car. That'll give me some money. <laughs> he said, give the car to these missionaries. Ah, gosh, this is brutal. God said, I want you to learn to trust me. And where God took me, I'm not going to, don't have time to go into it, but man, if I could have seen where I am now, beautiful wife, gorgeous son, amazing congregation, amazing church, if I could have seen where God was taking me, I, I would have been in the streets of San Diego dancing like David did, probably ripping my shirt off full of joy. <laughs> oh, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Listen to Zephaniah. We're going to close. Two scriptures we're going to close. Zephaniah 3.17. In the middle of all the woes and judgments and everything else, says the Lord your God is with you. Come on, city church. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. It's another picture of God, isn't it? In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but get this, but will rejoice over you with singing. That's what God, you're his kid. That's what God's doing over you. Nehemiah 8, when they're building the wall, they're weary. Everybody's tired. It's like they're weeping and wailing. Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day, city church, this day, is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, church. I want us all to stand. I'd like the music team to come up. Thank you. This message was not just about this morning. This message is about this afternoon and this whole week ahead of you. In fact, it's a habit that you can develop in your lifetime. I know, I've got that habit. I'm hooked. I want to do that song called 
I don't know if it's called this, but it's kind of called this. Take you at your word. We did it. Okay. I want to give you a chance. If you're watching online, are you here right now? You've never asked Jesus into your life. I want to give you that opportunity. So we're all going to pray together. If you're willing to turn from the way you're going by yourself without God, turn to God. Then you will start to experience what I'm talking about if you'll just turn and fix your eyes on Him. Just keep your eyes on Him. He'll take you through. Bad stuff happens to good people, obviously. And Jesus said this, in this world, you will have, not might, He says, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. (laughs) In other words, get some joy because I've overcome the world. So if you're going to ask Jesus into your heart, I want you to pray this prayer. If you're away from God, pray this prayer. We'll all pray this prayer. I just think God is so good. He really wants you to partake of the incredible life and the fruit of joy that he has for you. So say this after me. Say, Jesus, I turn from doing it my way, from doubt and unbelief. I trust you. Come into my heart right now. I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.